This is the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help sales and marketing professionals, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build, leverage, and monetize their influence in digital and social media. Hey everybody, Neil Schaefer here, and welcome to episode number 165 of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. If you're new here, I am on a mission to help you grow your business through innovative marketing tactics and strategies, leveraging the concept of digital influence. Now, I know a lot of you listening uh, are probably very interested to hear what I have to say about influencer marketing these days in the age of COVID-19, and that's exactly what this episode is going to be about. But before I get to that, I just want to say that today's episode is being sponsored by FreshBooks. I'm really honored to be invited to present on the FreshBooks I Make a Living microconference, which is happening on Wednesday, June 24th. This is an absolute free registration for you. We'll have a link in the show notes, and it's going to feature 10 entrepreneurial masterminds, 10 of us, including myself are what we call five-minute mentors. We're going to speak for five minutes, giving you really targeted advice in areas like branding, marketing, scaling, e-commerce, and more. I'm really honored to be presenting with some pretty famous people out there. Mark Asquith is the founder of Rebel Base Media. I didn't know much about Rebel Base Media until after PodFest, where I realized they are the largest, I believe, podcast hosting service in the UK. And Mark is is clearly one of the premier uh, podcast experts in the world. Another person that I'm really looking forward to presenting together with is a guy named John Redinger. John is a bona fide YouTube influencer. He is the founder of Techno Buffalo, over 15 million viewers per month, over 1.6 million subscribers. Interesting story, John and I actually used to live in the exact same community here in Irvine, California. I moved, he didn't, but um, he's a great guy. His Twitter handle is John for Lakers, so he's a big LA Lakers fan as I am, and it's just an honor to be doing anything together with John. So it's going to be a really, really awesome event. I hope you can join me. I make a living June 24th. Catch the link in the show notes. So without further ado... Let's go on to today's episode. And as I did in episode number 163, I believe, I do do a lot of presenting, either free events that if you are on my email list, hint, hint, uh, you would find out about. Uh, By the time you hear this, my B2B influencer marketing event with Jay Bear will have already ended. So make sure you go over to neilshafer.com and any form that you sign up to, you're going to get wind of these free events. I have another a few events coming up, a free webinar on how to leverage employees as influencers. I have another one about influencer marketing specifically for e-commerce. So you'll want to make sure you sign up and I'll do my best to tell you about them during uh, different podcast episodes. But in case I I don't get to them, like with Jay Bear's webinar, you'll want to make sure you're signed up to my list. This also is a presentation similar to the email marketing lead magnet presentation that I did for the University of Yavaskala in Finland, where I go back every few years to uh, speak there. They have an executive MBA program called the Avance Executive MBA program. They often will bring Finnish companies out here to the United States. So I presented uh, to them here in Los Angeles as well. And the topic of the webinar was 
marketing in the age of COVID-19. And I focused on a few things, a few things that I've already talked about in this podcast, but specifically about influencer marketing in COVID-19 is not something I have touched upon. And I just want to get this out there because I know some of you are wondering uh, what's going to happen. And I was recently on a podcast with Jason Falls. He wrote the No Bullshit Pardon this. Pardon me. This is not a, a an X rated or a R rated podcast by any means. But you know the no BS approach to social media. I forget the exact name of the book. I'll put it in the show notes. But um, Jason's a great guy, and he is also writing a book on influence marketing. And I sort of beat him to the punch, but he's come to similar conclusions that I have. And everybody in the press is saying, oh, all these lifestyle influencers on all their travel junkets, they're going to be out of work now and what have you. And influencer marketing is going down the drain, yada, yada, yada. When once again, the mass media just is not portraying influencer marketing in the right light. They're, they're, they're taking an over-sensationalist view. And I want you to have a very, very grounded view on this because during COVID-19, there was tremendous opportunity for every business out there. I know my business is growing. I know a lot of other businesses that have taken very, very savvy pivots digitally are doing really, really well. And if you can imagine, if you have a digital first mentality, there's obviously a role that influencers can play in that pivot. So my take is COVID-19 absolutely does not alter those long-term trends that favor influencer marketing in the first place. If you have already read The Age of Influence, uh, I go through sort of every chapter in, in part one is one of these trends, whether it's talking about the extension of celebrity endorsements and, and how we place trust in people uh, that we relate to these days, or whether it is the death of organic social or the trend towards visual social. You know, the fact of the matter is that digital influence is everywhere. And in fact, we are spending even more time in social media. And just this week, and I'll have to put this in the show notes as well, there was an article from TechCrunch. It was a survey, I think it was done by Reuters, on where people go for news. And Instagram has now doubled in terms of the number of people that go there for news. And if it continues at this pace in a year or two, it actually might surpass Twitter as being the number one place where people go to for news. So if you are publishing content on Instagram, you are obviously becoming more and more of a media influencer like those that have tweeted before. But regardless of network, and we're seeing a lot more influencer marketing on LinkedIn as well, right? And not to mention TikTok, but it's everywhere because everyone's a publisher. And once again, I think that coronavirus in some ways has only accelerated more and more people you know, publishing and consuming more and more content on social media. And the heart of this, right, the heart of why influencer marketing is important for businesses is all about inciting word of mouth. And that was the original intent of social media marketing that just cannot happen organically anymore. It's really become pay to play for most businesses in most social networks. And if you want people to talk about you in social media, an ad is not going to cut it, right? You really need to incite that word of mouth. And the best way to do that is with other people. So once again, the ROI for influencer marketing, just going over some of these trends for those of you that have never heard me speak about it or read the book, you know, the ROI for influencer marketing is long-term. Influencer content lives on way more than those ad campaigns do when they're off, they're off. Uh, whereas those blog posts, those YouTube videos, even Instagram posts using the right hashtags, that content could live on for months, if not years, not to mention Pinterest pins. And we know that algorithms are always going to favor people. 
right? So if the social network ad revenues are down, uh, they'll tweak the algorithm to make sure that they maintain ad revenues. Uh, and that's just the way it is. People are always going to be in an advantage. Social media was made for people and it is in our best interest to collaborate with people to make sure we take advantage of that. And then the trust factor. So many different case studies, surveys of who do we trust? And the answer is always we trust people like ourselves. And the best influencers are the ones who show themselves as us. Now, obviously, there are some celebrities, some mega influencers that tried to depict a very, very aspirational, inspirational lifestyle image approach to Instagram specifically, but not limited to, of always having pictures at exotic locations. Obviously, this is very, very difficult to do today, but also how many of those people were real and how many of those people were sort of chasing that look that they assumed that people really wanted. The smart influencers are the ones that have pivoted like everyone else. They are mirrored in the reality of today. And that's where the media just gets it wrong. In fact, for those of you that read it before, it was in my newsletter, I was actually interviewed by the Associated Press. And this is shortly after lockdown began, I believe in, in mid to late March. And the reporter was like, why are all these celebrities all of a sudden showing up online from their own home without any makeup or wearing fancy clothing because they have to, but they're still showing that they're real. And through that, they're building trust, they're building relatability and influencers that are smart are doing the same thing in order to serve their community. They're showing up in any form that they can, not just that ideal format that in all honesty, I don't know if people like to see that right now because of the reality. And, and Black Lives Matter has only made it even even more harder to aspire uh, to, to that sort of imagery that used to be very, very uh, predominant, in, in, especially in Instagram. So my advice for you, if you're listening to this, you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, marketer, you want to take the time now. And this is something I've talked about with the release of The Age of Influence. I have really doubled down, not just on content, and my apologies, this particular episode is a few days late, but a few months from now when you hear this, it won't really matter. But I've really doubled down on content and on relationships. And digitally, just like for those of you that know me from my windmill networking days, uh, you can scale your networking online through social media. You can be networking 24 seven, uh, should you want to. So this is really a great time to foster influencer relationships. If you give out product, I mean, do you, there's nothing to stop you from shipping product to influencers. There's nothing stopping them from doing photo shots in their own house or in their own neighborhood. We see a lot of influencers that are transitioning from that travel related to doing stuff more locally. And it makes a lot of sense, right? So spend that time to foster relationships because some influencers are also losing money, losing business. And you might find that it might be a lot more effective when they're getting fewer and fewer people contacting them that you'll really stick out and you'll have a chance to build that relationship. And as I always say, when you help people when they're down, they're obviously going to remember you when times improve. So, you know, another aspect of influencer relationships and how you can leverage influencers today is, you know, once again, influencers can really humanize your brand. So if you're afraid to do advertisements, if you're afraid of saying anything in social media because of what's going on, that's where you can leverage influencers who can talk for you through their content. You can also, if you wanted to do an activation in the future, 
you don't have the budget now or you don't think it's the right time to because you want to wait for the pandemic to I don't want to say the words die down because that's uh, that's not the right way to say it. But if you're waiting for the pandemic to go away, as hopefully it will in the not so distant future, you can use the time now to prepare for future collaborations, right? Build the infrastructure, build the basis, work with the influencers so that they get to know, like, and trust you. And there's obviously things you can do before that. You can start small scale on things that don't require travel, what have you, but spend the time now to really foster those relationships. Content creation is, like I said before, whether it's a photo shoot that's done in their own home, locally with product, or perhaps uh, it's not even visually related. Maybe it's a video. Maybe it's an event like a webinar. Maybe it's blog content or interview on a podcast. There's still a tremendous amount of content creation that you can do that with influencers that is completely, completely unrelated to anything happening with coronavirus. In fact, it might be easier to do so because influencers and myself included are traveling a lot less and they're in front of their computers a lot more throughout the day. So this might be a golden opportunity for those content creation opportunities. And another thing that we forget about influencer relationships. So, you know, I've talked a lot recently and I didn't talk about it enough in my book because the trend wasn't apparent at the time, but more and more brands are leveraging influencers, not for amplification of content, but to help them create content. So instead of saying here, post our photo or post our blog post saying, we want to hire you to create photos for us or create videos for us or create blog content or create eBooks for us. But going above and beyond that, if you're to create this relationship with influencers, you can also get community feedback, right? You can consider them a focus group, but it's a focus group of people that are really tied into online communities. So if you're not sure how your brand should respond to Black Lives Matter, working with influencers is going to give you a lot of advice because they probably know what their community members expect. They might already know what other brands are doing. Or if you have an idea for a product, but you don't know if the timing's right, or if it's gonna be suitable for the world that we live in right now. These are a great resource to have, to have those conversations, get feedback, consider them a type of focus group, but a focus group of influencers. And really now is the time to build the influencer army of brand ambassadors that I talk about in the age of influence. Using tools to find people that are talking about your brand, your customers, your email database, your followers. You know, now's the time to append the data with social media profiles, go digging through and try to find people that are already know, like, and trust you, that are already in your sphere of influence, that have a certain level of influence. And we can take the nano influencer 1000 follower minimum and start to build the basics of what a program would look like. This is something you don't have to wait for the pandemic to cease to begin doing. It's a perfect time right now. What are you waiting for? (laughs) So obviously we already know who the influencers are. Hopefully if you've read my book or listened to this podcast, but for those of you in doubt, it's not about categorizing influence by number of followers. It's about categorizing social media users by brand affinity and from those people finding the right ones to work with based on a number of considerations, one of them obviously being size of community. 
So when we think in terms of brand affinity, we think of who has the most brand affinity with us. And we start there and we find active social users who are building communities in social media that fit that criteria. The number one criteria being they're an employee. The number two is that they're a, a partner of ours. And this could be other brands, distributors, could be affiliates. Whoever helps you generate business or helps you generate leads, you could consider a partner. And then they're obviously your customers, right? These people already know, like, and trust you. So when you reach out to them, it's going to be a very, very quick conversion. And you're going to learn a lot from them because they know your brand so well. We then move to people that have some brand affinity. These are people that follow us on social media or people that have mentioned us. So they know something about our brand. They're great places to start. And then when we get beyond that, it's, it's a question mark, right? These are people that have low brand affinity, zero brand affinity, or really don't like us. And unfortunately, when you are looking for influencers based on follower count, unless you're a really famous brand, a lot of them end up being those with low or zero brand affinity. It becomes very ineffective, very expensive, and that's not what we're here to do. We want to we do best practices, have an effective program, and really long-term relationships. And that's why you should be starting thinking in terms of brand affinity and starting with people that know, like, and trust you. To sort of wrap this up, what I would be doing if I were you right now in terms of influencer marketing in COVID-19 is taking the time to really create this program, this community. So you can spend lots of time trying to analyze influencers based on number of followers, reach out to them, you know, work with an agency. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to require a lot of time. You're not going to convert everybody. Or you can do what the watch brand Rosefield did. For those of you who saw me speak at Social Media Marketing World, this is one of the case studies that I went over. Um, but Rosefield is a watch brand from, I believe, Amsterdam, but they also have a headquarters in New York City. And they developed a community inclusive to all who love the brand, i.e. those who have brand affinity, right? And what they did was they did exactly what I am recommending you do. They recruited from their email database, their online customers, and their Instagram followers. Who are the people here that might have some influence? They reached out to them. We are creating a program. Would you like to be part of it? And they created three tiers. So you can imagine if you put all these people together in a room, you're going to have some people that, yes, they have a larger community uh, and or they get an incredible amount of engagement per post. They, they put these people in the influencer a category. You then have some people that maybe have less influence, but are always talking about your brand. These become more of the advocates, right? And then they had a third tier of referrers. Maybe they didn't classify as influencers or advocates. They wanted to be part of the program. They love the brand, lesser influence, but they still have value as referrers of bringing other people into the program. And they used the influencers, advocates, and referrers for content creation, for content amplification, and to refer new members. And the beautiful thing is, as you've heard me say before, this doesn't necessarily require money. When you reach out to people with low or zero brand affinity, it almost always requires money, especially when you get above the micro-influencer or even including the micro-influencer level. But when you're working with people that already know, like, and trust you, all they provided was exclusive access to new products and store credit points. No direct monetary exchange. 
The results are pretty impressive. 700% increase in monthly impressions, their website, 113% in average monthly influencer traffic, two times higher conversion of traffic coming from influencers, 400% increase in sales attributed to influencer marketing after they created this type of program, and a 167% return on influencer spend. The more they spent, it accelerated their sales. Pretty incredible, huh? And that is something that you can do now. There's no time for excuses. Now is the time of opportunity when other brands are sort of putting the brakes on advertising and marketing or taking their foot off the gas pedal in terms of influencer relationships. This only provides you opportunity to do even more of that. So I hope that this episode really distilled any myths that you might see out there or any beliefs that, well, all these lifestyle influencers, they're going to be out of work. Uh, It's not about that. It's about influencers that are relevant to your business, your brand, the community you want to influence. And once again, this really goes beyond any specific industry. So before we finish this episode, I want to remind you that next week, we have a really short but sweet interview with the one and only John Lee Dumas. You'll want to make sure you subscribe, obviously not just for that podcast, but other special guests we have coming up in the not-so-distant future. I also want to thank those of you who have gone out of your way to review this podcast. Every single subscription, every single review, I am extremely grateful for. Uh, Stu Crew. Uh, said, spot on. Thank you for this great content, Neil. It's uncanny how relevant and timely each episode topic is in terms of the information our organization needs to hear as we focus more on our content and digital marketing initiatives. Stu Crew, thank you so much. I am, I just feel empowered by how many businesses have to shift to a digital first mentality. And I am in the, you know, still in the early stages of working on a digital product that I think Uh, you're all going to genuinely be really excited about. So thank you. If Obviously, if you leave a review, I'll be on the lookout for it. Feel free to send me me an email. Let me know over social media. I'd love to include your name, your website, your product in this podcast as well because we're all in this together, right? So that's it for this episode. And I know we're still in the midst of coronavirus. I know that there are some states, some countries that are opening up again. We are staying the course On June 19th, it'll be three months and we are still minimizing our outside trips as much as possible. So I know that this can be detrimental to some businesses and I really feel for them. So it's a personal decision. We're still staying at home. We're supporting Black Lives Matter. We're supporting the lives of of every color, every creed, every uh, gender identity the best we can, even though we're staying at home. And I hope that you all continue to stay safe wherever you are in the world. Once again, make it a great virtual social day. Bye-bye, everybody.